Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. A few weeks ago, KQED arts reporter Nastia Vornevskaya came to us with something she'd noticed in Bay Area music. Many different musicians from different genres were tackling grief. Not just the heartbreak kind that's been a mainstay of music for decades, but complex racialized trauma, gun violence, losing parents, losing children, reckoning with the loss of communities to displacement. And several artists have blended their music into efforts out in the region to help people deal with their own losses and traumas. So this morning, Nastia and I will be joined by Rex Life Raj, Soul Development, Samora Pinderhues, and Brigine. They're all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. And I'm Nastia Voinovskaya, Associate Editor with KQED Arts and Culture. And today we're bringing you a different kind of show from Studio B here. Nastia covers all kinds of arts at KQED, but she's really deep in our local music scene. And she kept noticing that different artists and different genres were exploring grief, personal and collective. So she and I are going to be joined by different Bay Area musicians who are working through the losses that come with living. To begin, we want to introduce you to Kariga Bailey and Felicia Gangloff Bailey, beautiful couple and part of the music collective Soul Development. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. What a beautiful platform. So Kariga and Felicia were the subjects of a 2020 KQED documentary called When the Waters Get Deep, directed by Kelly Whalen and produced by BJ McBride and the artist collective Be Imaginative. And so we're going to listen to a short clip that opens the film of Kariga looking through old photographs. Growing up in a big family, eight children was such a blessing for me. Ah, that's me. <laughs> With the one strap down. It's a trip remembering what the dreams were, what the ambitions were, um, what promise felt like. Another picture of us with friends in the neighborhood. Kanar, God rest his soul, and Kareem, and Daniel. Nine of us, and three of them have transitioned. Mm. This is just an incredibly powerful documentary, and I want to thank you for it. I mean, I found myself just sobbing in my kitchen yesterday. And that power really comes from your honesty and sharing your own stories of loss and grief. And I was just wondering, how did you decide to, to do that? Um, I think decide to do that is a unique operative word. I mean, yes, we, we did it. Um, it didn't feel much like a decision, nor did it feel forced. 
it just felt like um, I don't want to be uh, muted. I don't want to lose my voice entirely to this grief. Now, there was a long period of silence. Um, There's a long period of silence in which we're trying to find words. But if you notice, the film starts in an entirely different area of our lives. And it actually just it happens to catch this real time. So that's a that's a big part. Of, that's a big part of it right there. It was just already in the process of storytelling. Mm. And so the documentary gets into some of your personal losses as well as the healing work that you're doing in the community as well. So could you tell us a bit about the different losses you shared in that film? Yeah. For you there? I um Yes, no. Losses, yeah, it's so we're soul development. Felicia and I are part of a collective soul development. That's the music front. And aside from our music, we're part of a social impact team called Be Imaginative. And we do healing circles for mothers who lost children to gun violence. Mm -hmm. And as you see in the film, uh, my mother is part of the healing circles. I lost a brother in 2014 to gun violence, Kareem Johnson. So we were working through that grief actively, trying to tool ourselves with resources. And the mothers of Be Imaginative, and I'll let Felicia talk from here, the mothers of Be Imaginative have been laying foundational work in their storytelling as a part of their love. And we were in suit. Yeah, it's um, the documentary is so beautiful in that regard that uh, you watch us spend time with these mothers um, and use our music as support for these mothers as they're navigating the grief of their children. And, um, you know, it's obviously unexpected, but we were experiencing our first pregnancy um, with our daughter, Kamayu Sol, and went full term and delivered her at 41 weeks. And shortly after delivering her, um, she also experienced a double transition. And so it became a, a unique turn of events that this work that I had been doing would then become a work that I, I applied in my own life and practice. But it took a while to get to that point. Um, it took a lot of leaning into the process and, as Karika said, like making, making room for those days. Why don't we listen in to a little bit of your, your music? Um, we're going to be listening to No Weapon by Soul Development. You ever come through troubled waters? I feel so blessed to make it to solid ground. This last year, I feel like I've been at sea. And any part of the seas, and we carried on the higher ground. And yo, I'm a long time coming. I'm a long river running like that now. We prayed a while for that child. Seen delays, not denials, huh? And when that water got deep, I never doubt I stood your word through the trials and storms. Remember when my first child was born? Word is born, my whole world was torn. A deeper grief than any trauma I had ever known. We had a baby, but we never got to bring her home. And I was taught that weeping may endure it for the night. But this year fight felt like 40 days and 60 nights. It broke my heart, but not my love. And I will come to know that grief is love. And if it's love, you never let it go. I just learned to breathe deep through the deep grief. Go to therapy to debrief, then repeat. I just had to breathe deep with the deep grief. It won't be perfect, just be present and repeat. And repeat. Hey, I just went through trouble waters. I got down in the deep. I done climbed the highest mountain. I done been to the peak. I done held some heavy moments where I just couldn't speak. And every step of the way, I know your hand was on me. Cause nobody phone against me, show my spell. And I 
That is Soul Development. That was No Weapon. And, you know, I think one thing we'd love to know is how you see the relationship between your own grief, your music, and the work that you do in the community. Beautiful question. Uh, Felicia and I, and in the Soul Development family, you know, we, we have this understanding. We say massive grief calls for massive love. And we realize that um, when we were experiencing our grief prior to the pandemic, uh, we realized that a lot of folks didn't have language for grief. We really live in a grief illiterate society. So when we were in our process of just exploring our emotions, making room for those feelings, when the pandemic came about, Felicia and I were observing that we were, we were pushed into a massive grief and a lot of people didn't have language for it. Mm. And we just thought it would be very useful. And, and we say one of the greatest tragedies is to experience grief and not let it grow you. That is, grief is inevitable. We'll all experience it, but you got to let it grow you. So we decided to start creating language, creating literature, creating other musical experiences to help give our community, our people, especially those in the margins, language to help process their grief. Mm-hmm. And you've created actual tools for people to use, right? Like, can you tell us about um, soul affirmations? Yes. Yeah, so soul affirmations, um, Kariga has a edition of soul affirmations that's, it, that is a toolkit for um, exploration and manifesting the light within. And this was actually written um, after experiencing the transition of his brother, Kareem Johnson, and trying to navigate through um, what forgiveness looked like and having a difficult time finding that language. And so he went back to his journal and explored more about what grief was coming to teach him. In the same way, um, when I when we experienced the double transition of Kamayu, um, I had to spend a lot of my time uh, journaling and what it was for me was writing my truth, writing the truth about what it was that I was feeling, what was it that I was experiencing? Because as Kariga said, we do live in a grief illiterate society. And I had a lot of those ideals um, implanted in how I processed grief and um, how I should feel about it. And so I spent uh, my days leaning into the process um, and sharing my story um, as a means for connectedness and uh, belongingness. What did you feel like you had to unlearn about grief? Mm, I feel like that's um, such a good question. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, I think that what what I had to unlearn about grief is that grief isn't only sadness. Mm-hmm. It's a portal to a type of love yeah. that is seldomly talked about. So we have, as Nastasha pointed out, like we have all this... Um, efficacy and we have all this language around romance we have an industry around romance we have a holiday around romance we have hospitality that have put flowers on your bed and 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 fold your towels like paper cranes if you want them to all in the name of romance but we undervalue what grief is in a portal to love and it's really a sacred space right and 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 it requires it's like uh Mm co-investigation i remember in the early parts of our grief Felicia, before I had words, I remember listening to Rex Life Raj's project, not the Blue Hour. This goes back to Father Figure Three. And there was a record on there called Fog. And I listened to that over again and had to reach out to him to learn more about what inspired the writing. So 
grief is a passageway into love. And, and we, we, we deserve room to explore that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, your, your description of us being in a grief illiterate society really resonates. There's still no national day of mourning for COVID, for example. But um, mm-hmm. how do you find the audience response to your music has been evolving in the last couple of years, especially since grief has touched more and more people? Hmm. I think you said it. It's it's grief has touched more and more people. And I think that uh, what I understand about um, who we are as human beings is that we have a basic human need in connectedness and a basic human need in belongingness. And I found that when I was experiencing my grief, um, I was looking for someone out there who had experienced something similar to what I had felt because I was trying to understand how to navigate it and get through. Um, So anyone who has the means to lean into their processing of grief and offer up a creative offering that paints a picture, if you will, if you will, of what it is that they're feeling, you'll find that um, there's this deep connectedness and and this connectedness and exploring that grief um, Mm -hmm. is, is something that I feel like has made room um, for our music and and touched many. Yeah. Way we, to go. We are talking with Kariga Bailey and Felicia Gangloff Bailey, part of Soul Development. We're going to listen to one of their affirmations, Heart Unlocked. Stay tuned for more Forum with me and Nastia right after the break. Mind unlocked, heart unblocked. I'm open and willing to receive the lessons, blessings, and manifestations today will present. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal, joined here in studio by Nastia Bonovskaya, associate editor at KQED Arts and Culture. We're talking about the music of grief, and we're joined by Kariga Bailey and Felicia Gangloff Bailey, part of the music collective Soul Development. We want to hear from you, too. What song has helped you mourn? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786, or, you know, in in Kariga's language, what song has helped you build uh, literacy of grief? 
That number is 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. We want to add another uh, rising star here in the Bay Area. We are also joined by Oakland's Rex Life Raj, rapper, musician, and most recent album is The Blue Hour. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Hey, Raj. So um, I know your parents played a huge role, not just in your life, but also in your music. And we can often hear them on your albums, like in one of my favorite tracks by you, Flowers. You call up your mom and kind of ask her for a dose of inspiration. On Father Figure 2, we hear your dad come in throughout that album, kind of giving his fatherly wisdom. So could you tell people listening about your parents, Otis and Linda Wright? Um, yeah, so first off, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate being here. Um, I, yeah, I was blessed with, with great parents, you know, like you said, my mom and dad just dropped, you know, knowledge and wisdom and gems on me my whole life, you know, and for me, it's like, you could hear me when it comes to music, like you could hear them through me when I express it, but I think it's really tight that I was able to, and I think it was important that I was able to kind of put them on there so you could actually hear the prayers and, and the, you know, the wisdom that my dad gave me and you know i just come from a real loving and you know supportive home so i just tried to share them with the world as much as possible yeah and then in 2021 they got sick and you, you actually became their caretaker what did you learn about yourself and your parents during that time um i learned that one about my mom i learned how strong my mom was and how much faith played a role in her whole process because during her being sick she never questioned anything that was going on one time um, and she was always prayerful and you know always had a lot of faith and um I just learned how to provide from my father because that's all he did his whole life was provide for the family um so it was just a whole bunch of stuff and I learned about myself that that in times where I thought that I would break or fold that I was stronger than I thought I was and I know that I got that from them. Mm. Let's uh listen in to one of your songs. Actually call Audible. Let's listen to Balance which is a cut 5 for us. Look. I wish you well. Had to let you go. I guess it's a farewell. We been on the up, it feel like a stairwell. Road is looking down on the city, this shit a fairy tale. Yeah, you did me wrong, I remember very well. But it always come back around, I should have cared still. Yeah, hop on the beat, then I parasail. Yeah, then I hop on the flight and took it everywhere. Counting my money, counting my blessings, put up a front like I wasn't stressing. All of the times I cried in the test, so all of the times I ain't break, I ain't fold under that pressure. Uh, too many people leaning on me. Welcome back to form. That was Berkeley's Rex Life, Raj, and the song Balance. 
Uh, you want to talk to us maybe a little bit about this song? And earlier, Kariga also talked about your song Fog and what it meant and, and where it came from. Uh, yeah, balance is, I went through a phase um, after my mom passed away where it was, because my dad passed away three months after my mom. So after my mom passed away, I had a little time to do music and I just did so many songs and balance was one of the first ones we created because I felt like it was something that I was, you know, struggling to to have while I was being a caregiver for my parents. And so I just wanted to, you know, to write a song that, you know, kind of show what I was going through in that moment because I feel like it's something that I was dealing with, but I know it's something that a lot of people could apply to different parts of their life, not just grief. It's like we all struggle with balance um, in some points in our life. So that's what that song was about. Yeah, for sure. And so, Kariga, you mentioned earlier how much Raj's music and lyrics have meant to you. Um, can, can you tell us a bit about um, why The Fog and other tracks like that have resonated? Yeah, it was... Um, Raj, thank you for your offerings. But it was, it was a soundscape, right? Um, Flowers was actually Felicia's favorite selection. Um, but Fog, it was a soundscape. I moved to the valley low, see mountain highs as my home. Um, and I, I just felt like, I felt like I was in this haze, my grief. It was my firstborn daughter. I felt misunderstood by the world. I felt, um, in many cases, like I didn't present well. Like I felt like, um, the world would see me different or without my child or they wouldn't understand. It just felt very much like this very alone journey. Um, and that music just kept, I mean, I played it on repeat over and over again. It helped me find words when I couldn't articulate for myself. It held me um, when I couldn't when I couldn't be held in many ways. Yeah. Hey, Kariga, we want to bring in uh, caller Maximilian calling in from Sacramento. Welcome to the show, Maximilian. Hey, thanks for having me. I uh, called in because I knew Kareem. He was my friend and mentor. I worked with him at my first job out of college. Uh, we put Whoa. in a community garden. At Norwood Junior oh. High School, I still wow. in touch with Keon today. Yes, um, yes. I, I run a nonprofit organization now called the oh. Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance. We operate four oh. uh, four community gardens in the neighborhood, feeding people. And I uh, I just gave Keon a bunch of plants last year to uh, help yes. his friend out who had just yes. moved into yes. a place. Yes, hey Maximilian, I remember you and Kareem's garden. I remember that work, and I know you just recently donated some trees and some plants to State Farms. Man, wow. What This is what I mean by the power of love. This is the power of love that I'm talking about. Like, this comes back to find me. This is so beautiful. Maximilian, my heart, I don't have words. I just, I'm, I'm fully held today. My brother has spoken to me um, through you. We are forever connected through love, man. Thank you so much for sharing that testimony. Wow. Yeah. Amen, brother. I'm going to wow. reach out to you, and we're going to be in touch. <laughs> hey, hey, we got to, bro. Hey, we got to. We got to. I would love to come put my hands in the soil with you in some capacity yeah. in honor and remembrance of my brother. Thank you so much, yeah, Maximilian. Thank yeah, you, thanks Maximilian. for having me. Yeah. Thank you. I think I'm going to shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, I told everybody, I was like, yeah, we're all going to cry during the show, so just, just get ready, and it's going to be good. Um, yeah, so um so this question goes out to all the guests. So um 
Hip-hop has a history of addressing grief through, related to community violence and police violence, social injustices, and people often link it to a, a long legacy that stems from the blues. So how do you see yourself building on that legacy or maybe evolving it and taking it in a new direction? Yeah, I think um, I, I think part of hip-hop's like, like long-standing distance in, in grief or in making room for grief isn't so much to do with our lived experiences. We all knew it. It was whether it was convenient or not, whether it was marketable or not, whether you would be able to um, not only earn but produce. I think we have a huge emphasis on healing as a mode to get back to production, which feels like extraction when you're grieving. But I think that from a pure place, we are able to create because nothing's more powerful than love. And all it takes for somebody to just pass the threshold because there is no holding back. The, the, the love we withhold is the pain we feel. Raj, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I just wanted to address, because we talk a lot in hip hop about trauma and death, but we, there are few artists because there are some but there are a few artists or less artists who are talking about like the healing process of it and how to get through it you know and actually heal um so i think for me i was really trying to be as intentional with that as possible not just in the music but even in the interviews like i had a interview with kariga and fee that was really tight and we talk about just the healing process of it because i feel like people go through things but nobody really tells you how to grieve and how to get out of it even though everyone grieves in their own way it's just kind of like laying out a blueprint for people because it's like like kariga said it's a process that we all are going to go through so it's just trying to be as intentional with it as possible in terms of like how to help you get through it yeah you know raj uh, and fee too i mean i i feel like you're all also rethinking kind of what gender norms have told us are these appropriate ways of grieving or talking about violence or talking about loss. Do you you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. I was saying that um, Felicia's toolkit, Soul Affirmation Toolkit, is a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. And I use my voice and my positionality as a man to let other men, let other people, let all people know that there's something sacred inside that book for us all. I was just, uh, I facilitated a men's wellness fellowship in Oakland. We just had one on uh, Tuesday. And a men's group, I read from Felicia's literature, and every last one of us identified with that literature. And it was about when we are open with our stories and we are, and we're connected, it creates connectedness. So I, I just find that like, there is something sacred in grief for us all. Um, and it transcends any presentation It transcends gender, transcends your positionality in society. It's really about like learning to go within. So we don't go without. And I really appreciate you um, saying that Rika. And I have to be completely honest that I am still, learning and, and, and experiencing this, um, this work, this, this, the soul affirmations work that we're doing, but, um, also just like understanding the impact of it, that it's, that it, 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 it transforms across like lived experiences, right? Like, and again, that is just to the point of how 
connectedness is so essential to who we are uh, as human beings. And so really to understand how this work is creating reference for others is so very incredibly powerful. And I'm so grateful that we are able to have this offering and lean into our own process as I continue to lean into mine. Yeah. And Raj, how about you thinking through, you know, masculinity, grief, your, your both your parents? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question for me because when I was, you know, I guess from my position in, in hip hop is, um, I don't know, it could be, you know, not as normal for a dude to be, you know, so deep in his feelings and, and so quote unquote <laughs> emotional. But for me, it's like, I wasn't even thinking like that, you know, so I haven't, I don't really have an answer to that question. I was just mm-hmm. trying to be real and as vulnerable as possible. And I just hope, you know, that men who are, you know, struggling with masculinity or whatever, you know, could understand that it's okay to have these intimate moments and to have these feelings and these thoughts because um, we all go through it, you know. So that's kind of where I approached it from. Yeah, and when we... when really we, quickly. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say really quickly, um, the Blue Hour, I've used it in personal sessions, in informal uh, community, in, in a pull-up, or you could send something on somebody's heart. I've played that music to help others begin to emote because they never had the convenience to explore their feelings. So sometimes somebody has to create the conditions and the person is capable. And the blue hour certainly sets the table for all of us to feel. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And similarly, Raj, um, I mean, when you look at your Instagram comments, your YouTube comments, you, you have this outpouring of gratitude from people that are dealing with similar struggles of caring for parents, dealing with loss. Um, what does that tell you about the current climate and the kind of support people need around grief, especially in our generation? Um, I think it goes back to what Kariga said. We don't have, you know, we're grief illiterate, you know, we don't have the words and to express what we're going through. Cause when I started putting out this music, like you said, so many people are in my comments, my DMs are just flooded with stories of people who've been holding on and clinging to grief for five, 10 years, you know, just like talking about their mom who passed or their granny or, you know, all types of stories. So it's just like, what I've learned through this process is like, it's something that's so pent up in people. But like Kariga said, it's cause we don't, have words we don't discuss it out here we make people kind of like hold it in and harbor it and i just wanted to create just kind of like an open environment for people to talk about it that's why i've been so open with my grief just because when i first started doing it i saw what it was doing for people and the release that people were having um so yeah it's just like you know we need to have an avenue for this because we're all like we're all gonna go through it you know what i'm saying so we need to be able to talk about it yeah are there any stories that people shared with you that that stick with you um, it's been a lot and I don't even necessarily feel comfortable telling the stories because yeah. it's real personal, you know, um, but people have told me some stuff about, you know, just what they've been holding on to and the stories like it's been so many similarities with my mom of people losing their parents to cancer, you know, like that's so common, which is sad, you know, um, but I've just had so many stories that, that people share with me. Raj, do you feel like that? is there's a heaviness or does it actually that point of connection with other people finding those commonalities kind of somehow lightened your, your load? 
it's funny because I was actually talking to my friend Murph about this. It's both. It depends on the the mind frame I'm in that day. Like some days it could be heavy, um, but some days it, overall it's it makes me feel lighter because I feel like I'm doing something positive. You know what I'm saying? And I'm helping mm-hmm. people or whatever they're going through. But I'm not gonna lie and say like every it's easy to read all those stories, especially the ones that parallel my parents' stories. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's heavy, especially when it happens in person. You know, that's really heavy because you know people come up to me and cry. You know what I'm saying? And I have bear that now because i used to go out and people be like oh i like your music your music is tight whoop de whoop and i was kind of like it but now it's like so much deeper for people so i'll be out somewhere and then it'll just like get heavy out the blue you know so i'm still kind of like wrapping my mind around that but it kind of depends on the mind the mind frame i'm in yeah we're talking about the music of grief with berkeley's rex life raj rapper musician most recent album is the blue hour also joined by kariga bailey and felicia gangloff bailey they're part of the music collective soul development do a lot of healing work in the community and of course joined by nastia bonavskaya associate editor with kqed arts as we work through this this music we do want to hear from you what songs have helped you deal with grief in your life? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is KQD Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. Coming up across the break, we have Brigine Murphy, musician. Her band uh, has a new EP, Angelo, and we have some more Pinderhues coming up as well. Stay tuned. We're going to go out to a new normal. Rex Life Raj, we'll be right back after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Joined here, my co-host on the show, Nastia Vonovskaya, associate with KQD Arts and Culture, deep on the music scene here in the Bay Area. We have an amazing um, 
comment coming in. We're talking, of course, about the music of grief. Renee writes, I'm a local musician. My family, La Familia Peña Govea, has played together for decades, and my sister, La Doña, has been featured on Forum before. During the shutdown, I wrote bilingual kid songs to deal with the grief of loss of community and human contact. And our album, Somos Diferentes, drops tomorrow. My song, In La Soledad, was recorded when I myself had COVID, and it's about yearning to sit in my sister's kitchen with her. Talking with us about the music of grief, we are joined by Berkeley's Rex Life Raj. We're also joined by Kariga Bailey and Felicia Gangloff Bailey, part of the music collective Soul Development. And we want to welcome in two more guests. Brigine Murphy's musician. Her band, Brigine, has a new EP, Angelo, uh, released last month. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us. Also joined by Samora Pinder Hughes, a musician whose most recent album is titled Grief. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here with everybody. Welcome. So, Virgin, your new EP, Angelo, processes the loss of your dad, Patrick Murphy, who is your musical mentor. And you were also supporting your musical and life partner, Doug Stewart, through grief when you were writing it as he mourned the loss of both of his parents. Plus, you two left the Bay Area and felt another loss of being removed from your community. Yet, you and Doug made a dance record that deals with these themes. What was the thought process on how some of these different elements would come together on Angelo? Um, it's, it's funny because I just, there wasn't much of a thought process um, for me. And um, it felt really natural to just make music at a certain point when I could. Um, and for me, a lot of it was to get out of my head and into my body and just to, to move through really intense, deep and like, um, wordless feelings for me. Um, and, and, and that's where a lot of it went. That's where a lot of my, my processing went, um, was into my body. Why don't we listen in to one of your tracks, Caldwell's Way uh, by Brigitte? That is the song Caldwell's Way by Brigine. And Brigine, could you tell us a bit more about that track and the story behind the lyrics? 
Yeah, um, I wrote that track with my partner, Doug Stewart. Um, we had left the Bay in the early pandemic and put all of our stuff in storage um, to go care for some family who is in the process of transitioning into the afterlife. And um, I missed the Bay so much and the people in it and down to like the buildings and streets and scents. And um, so that was just my, my longing for the Bay and community and, and missing a place and feeling this deep nostalgia while, while witnessing some really um, heavy and profound moments in my, um, in my present, in my present. Beautiful. Thank you. We're going to go to Samora now. So Samora, for your album Grief, you interviewed 100 people impacted by the criminal justice system and mass incarceration. Yet the way you approach it on the record also feels so personal. So can you tell us about how you connected those two elements? Did you feel like a documentarian or was this also a way of processing your own grief? Yeah, um, well, I just want to first of all say I'm honored to be on here with um, artists that I so admire. It's um, some of whom are also great friends and family of mine. So um, definitely really beautiful to be having this conversation. Um, as far as um, my own process with both the Healing Project and with the album Grief, um, I am definitely um, somebody that um, only believes that I am as much as as I am a part of a community, you know? And so uh, I definitely do not take a documentarian approach. It's more about um, a process of being in community with other folks um, and basically trying to get as deep and as vulnerable as we can together so that we can help to hold each other's, um, you know, feelings, experiences um, as much as we can and then make room for them together. So. Um, yes, there's definitely a personal element. I would also say there's definitely a spiritual element mm -hmm. in that, you know, something I've experienced um, as an artist is that I often talk to people that have passed that I've never met. Um, and the music is my channel to actually, um, you know, express uh, experiences, uh, essentially express things that they want to say through through me. Um, and I believe that we, we all have those channels available to us, but as a... Um, Carrigo was saying before, um, you know, a lot of those tools have been taken away from us very intentionally because they don't really fit uh, capitalist consumption and those kind of ideals. Um, and so a lot of my process is about trying to channel and speak to spirit. Hey, Raj, I, I was curious about your relationship to, to faith. I mean, I know your your parents were uh, very faithful people, but how about yourself? I mean, did, is, do you find strength in that or do you have a, a different kind of spirituality? Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I've, uh, I've gone in and out of it with, I don't know, like I, I'm indifferent about it. I feel like I'm spiritual for sure. Um, at this point, I don't put a label on it. I know that there's something higher than me because I feel it. You know, when I do music, I feel it when I'm outside. I felt it through my mother. You know what I'm saying? I feel the spirit, um, but trying to label it as something I'm not really doing right now. But I for sure believe in a higher power, definitely. Mm -hmm. Samora, so can you tell us a little more about your spiritual practice? 
Um, sure. I mean, um, well, part of the ways that I've, uh, you know, um, entered into to my own way of communing with all of that is that um, I uh, grew up uh, playing uh, the, the music of the traditionally associated with the Santeria, Candomblé, uh, you know, from the Yoruba people uh, in Nigeria. Um, and um, as a, uh, that was kind of how I entered into um, kind of become wanting to become a musician was that I spent, uh, you know, time in Cuba um, being a part of that tradition. And um, so music has always been deeply entrenched with spirit to me. And it's not necessarily as much about a, a faith or something like that, um, or, or one particular practice. It's more about the idea, um, number one, of ritual, which I think is something that exists everywhere, and that there need to be uh, rituals that we can move through both uh, individually and, and communally around the grieving process. Um, and also it's about, um, to me, it's really essentially the same thing as a connection with, with our friends, with our family, with everything around us. Um, it's just being able to actually be in touch and be supported by and also be in support with uh, not only those around us, but our ancestors, um, you know, and, uh, you know, essentially uh, those kind of forces that allow us to, to speak in those ways. I think every artist that um, has had some a moment of you know composition or whatever you want to call it uh there's a part of you that knows that it's not just you doing that thing you know mm. so hmm. why don't we listen to one of your songs some more we have a uh, grief queued up here grief by some more pinder hughes That was uh, Grief by Samora Pinder Hughes. We also just wanted to mention there's this album Grief, which Samora produced, but there's also The Healing Project, uh, which was a, a project at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. It's its closing week, and it's September 3rd, right, Samora? That is the, the closing event that is going to be at, you're going to be at, and other people, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the exhibition closes on Sunday, September 4th. So, um, you know, it'll be open from today through Sunday. Um, and it's completely free, so people can go and, and be inside the exhibition, which contains films, um, music, um, sculpture, everything. Mm. Um, but then we are still also doing a special event on September 3rd from 1 to 5, um, which will include a performance with myself, Kariga, um, the incredible Lauren Adams. And we're also screening this beautiful film, which is also about grief, 
called The Death of My Two Fathers by the director Saul Guy. Mm. Uh, Rebecca tweets, one of our listeners tweets, my mom passed away yesterday, and so this program is quite timely for me, really feeling Kariga's comments that we're a grief illiterate society. I woke up today, made my kids lunches, and did my daughter's hair as if it were just another day. Uh, let's bring in a caller, Genevieve. We're sending you love, by We're the way. Se- yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Deep love. And I also want to note, like, that I know that we are labeling it as grief illiteracy, but just as she said, like, sometimes life just not, does not permit us the opportunity to lean into our processes. Sometimes we have to care for other people. And so I want to name that and acknowledge that. Um, and as Samora said, like, we, our hearts are with you mm-hmm. as you're experiencing this transition and this journey ahead yeah let's bring in one more person who wanted to connect uh genevieve in uh, san rafael hi hi how's it going um great thank you so much for taking my call and um i just really wanted to call in because the quote about grief not just being about sadness but being about love completely resonated um, I lost both my parents to cancer, and I was fortunate enough to be with both of them when they passed away. Um, and, you know, to this day, you know, as much as I grieve, their, you know, they're not being here, I feel their love constantly. And grief hits you at just such bizarre times as well. Um, you know, I was in the back of a taxi cab one time on the way to a job interview, and All Out of Love by Air Supply came on, and I just started bawling. Hey, Genevieve, thanks so much for for sharing that story with us. And just, you know, yeah, like our guests have been saying, we we are here for you. Uh, Brigina, I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about when grief has hit you in some of these unconventional places or, or, or ways that you don't expect it. Brigina, can you hear me? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I I definitely still feel like I'm in the process. Maybe it's a lifelong process of navigating um, that loss of connection that I that I feel. But um, I I started to experience it, especially right after my dad passed um, and my uncle passed within days of him and they were my musical mentors. Um, I inherited my drums from, um, my uncle and it's a family lineage and, um, and I couldn't drum when, whenever I would drum, I would just, um, break down. And, and it was, it was kind of that, uh, that loss of connection. And there's like a thing that happens with me musically and, and probably, a lot of people, a lot of artists, when when you're in the zone and you get in that space and there's just this kind of like otherworldly feeling and like, you know, levitation that that you're connected to something that's far beyond yourself. Um, so that's that's definitely one of those moments. You mentioned earlier um, needing to kind of get in your body of, as a form of healing. Can you tell us a bit about that and, and also how, how that works when you perform this music live? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been exploring that more. Um, but for me, it was it was I didn't have the words and I and I um, 
I just wanted, I wanted to move and I, and I wanted to dance and, and take a walk and just like the simplicity coming back to the simplicity of, of, of existence. If there's, you know, a, a spot on the ground, um, you know, like I have to clean my kitchen floor that felt good in the moment, all these, these simple things that kind of brought me back to, to presence and into like the simplicity of being. We have been talking about the music of grief. We've been joined by Kariga Bailey, Felicia Gangloff Bailey, part of the music collective Soul Development, Berkeley's Rex Life, Raj, amazing album, The Blue Hour, Brigine Murphy, whose band Brigine has a new EP, Angelo, released last month, and Samora Pinderhughes. We're actually going to go out to a piece of his music uh, called Masculinity. And of course, I have been joined by Nastia. Thank you so much for having me on, Alexis. Yes. Thank you for joining me. And thank you to our callers and to our guests. It's been a, a beautiful hour. We're going out to Masculinity by Samora Pinderhughes. Stay tuned for another hour of Form Ahead with Mina Kim. I'm sensing so much anger. Wait till you put it on. You made best friends with danger. It lives inside your walls. Someone's catching it tonight. You lose your pride. You let it rain down on them to show you all it. Cause you're a man. It's what you do, and it don't matter what you've been through. Yeah, you a weapon, yeah, you a gun. You ain't no father, you ain't no son. You might be canvas, you might be paint. Just hide that damage, it fade away. Yeah, you're a menace, play out your role. And loop that record, and lose on the count of three. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Bernard Osher Foundation, supporting higher education and the arts. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. 
And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.